0: One of the first times that I met his extended family was at a family birthday party and it was in the basement of his cousin's house out on Long Island. and the part it was it was a really wonderful party. It was there were a lot of people. there was great music, great food. everyone was having a good time. And then around like 10 o'clock, I was like, okay, like maybe we should think about heading back into the city. you know, we've had like a full day celebrating this birthday And he was like, oh no he was like
1: it's about to start right now yeah
0: yeah, like it that that was nothing that was just like us visiting before the party and uh suddenly you know all of his cousins are coming in with like these huge speakers and (laughs) within minutes this music is so loud that i can't even hear myself thinking You know, like I was having a tough time like sending text messages um, because I was like- I don't don't know, I couldn't think straight. Like all I could hear was this music, right? And like everyone just like having an awesome time. And I like, in my head, I was like, if I did this growing up, like I would have the cops at my house within minutes. Like my neighbor (laughs) would call the cops on me in a heartbeat. And like, this would be shut down and everyone would be sent home. And um, I said to him, I was like, aren't the neighbors gonna complain? And he was like, the neighbors are here like
1: that was a clip from today's episode i really hope you're enjoying it so far before we get into the full episode just want to give a big shout out to you all for listening just want to say thank you and welcome to the King through it as podcast brought to you by plural we've got a very special guest on the podcast today my dear friend sarah politis is the VP of Business Development at Wayfarer Entertainment. Grown up in a small town outside of Detroit, Sarah's parents taught her to dream big and to help others do the same. When she was in high school, she actually created an online talk show centered on interviews with positive role models to share their stories of triumphs and failures in hopes of encouraging listeners to follow their own dreams and to pursue their own passions sarah believes that the key to success is kindness hard work and of course dry shampoo all right let's get into the episode
0: that's the too? beauty of zoom it like looks like a gloss on you like i look glowy but really i'm just sweaty <laughs> um, I, 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 i'm 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 distracting us i'm sorry no 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 i know it says dancing
1: oh um it says bailando pegado so like dancing well pegado is stuck so like dancing really tightly so we got the two band-aids cute yeah
0: did you design it yeah where when am i gonna get swag
1: it's online you know
0: oh you're gonna send (laughs) me that link drop a link okay cool So let's get the Starbucks cup out of here. They aren't sponsoring anything yet.
1: Not yet. Um,
0: not yet. So what's our game plan?
1: You know what's funny? I was actually thinking about this whole conversation, this conversation for a while, and I was like, should I cancel? Should I not? Because I you was on me. I was about to. Yeah, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I'll tell you why, though. I'll tell you why. Okay. okay. Well, because, like, I typically start the show asking people, um, asking my guests, like, what do we, do? well, all right, so first of all, like, I typically have, like, people that identify as Latinx or, like, Latina or Latino, so you're my first non-identifier, if you will. <laughs> um,
0: you can call me a white girl. I'll take it.
1: You're my first white girl on the show, right? Uh, so that's one thing, right? Yeah. And... I don't know. I was just trying to like, the whole time I was trying to think of how to position position it. this conversation. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I still don't really know. I mean, I figured like, we'll just have a conversation and at the end of it, I'll figure out what to do with it. But it's been bugging me totally. for so long.
0: Well, okay. You, know, so you didn't think about that? No. In having this conversation? Yeah. No, I thought about texting you. Like you are going to
1: cancel on me before I canceled like, on you.
0: I'm not feeling well. <laughs> No, because I think, listen, I reached out to you whenever that was, like a month ago. Um, and I was like, yo, when are you going to ask me to be on your podcast? And I was like pulling your leg because I think it's really cool. Um,
1: Very demanding now that I think about all this. First, it's like, where's my shirt? Then it's like, when's my podcast episode? I don't know yeah, what's yeah, next. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're friends, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, but i just i think what you're doing is so amazing and i think the conversations that you're having are so important and um you know for me like i wanted to better understand why this is something that you're doing and something that you're passionate about and something that you're investing a lot of time and energy into because i think it's really important but i'm like really curious to the root of your why like what specifically in your life what moments what are you currently feeling like? What has led you into creating this show and having these conversations? You know, cause I think a lot of people probably feel the way that you feel and the way that I feel, but they're not starting a show about it. You know, they're not having these conversations. So like, I wanna better understand your why.
1: I love that. Um, it's funny cause we both worked at the same company mm-hmm. and I remember meeting you and like you were all like you were really friendly you're really cool um but there were certain things that, that you would do in the office and I was just like I would never do that <laughs> and it's it's like such simple things but I was just like I would be so scared to do some of those things I feel like people look at me like what the hell is Pavel doing but I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to Uh, not only are people going to judge me, or this is, this is a story that I tell myself. I'm like, not only are people going to judge me, but they're going to, there aren't that many just black people in the office. There aren't many, that that many Latinos in the office. So the story that I tell myself is anything that I do that reflects on me is going to reflect on anyone that they look to hire in the future. Right. Um, And I mean, it's such a simple example of like, I would see you, well, I was, I'm in a sales organization. So some, depending on the day, some of us like dress up. Um, some of us wear like t-shirts to work, but for a long time, like I just didn't want to wear t-shirts to work, even though like it's a, um, well, whatever you used to work at Facebook, I work at Facebook. Um, it's a very like relaxed culture, but I didn't okay. want people to judge me and say like, Oh, look at Pabell in his street clothes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. but then I, but then I look at you and you're just like chilling in tights. Uh, you have like a baseball cap on, you have like, uh, <laughs> you had like these pimple stickers on your cheek and forehead and it was just like the most chill vibe like i'm like this girl doesn't she's so comfortable in her own skin that like she doesn't care what anyone else thinks um i just admired it like from such an early stage
0: i was like i was waiting for you to get to the (laughs) part where it was a compliment
1: yeah um
0: so thank you for that um yeah no i um you know, listen, like you and I met near the end of my time working in that role. And I think right off the bat that I just felt a connection with you. Like I just felt that you were very relatable and very honest and very approachable. Um, You know, we worked on that project together when I was hosting um, those kids. And I was like, Pavel is the perfect representation of this company and I think that you were just so relatable and I wanted these young kids to be able to see themselves in you. Um, and because I think that's the most important thing is like, you know, the saying like, if you can see it, you can be it. And I think so often, you know, growing up, it's like you only think you can achieve the things that you're aware of, you know? And so, um, hearing from you, someone who is hugely successful and all that you've achieved at the company and beyond and your story and, you know, where you came from, how you grew up, you know, why you're passionate about your role is really powerful. And that's something that should be embraced and encouraged and, you know, shared far and wide. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, it's the (laughs) truth. It's the truth. And I think, you know, um, we were talking a little bit ago and, you know, you shared that you sometimes feel like you scale back who you really are because of the professional setting. Right. And, you know, I have never experienced that in my life before. I really, yeah. I mean, in a workplace, I think, you know, fortunately I grew up in a small town outside of Detroit and Um, Growing up, my parents both worked. They are my heroes. They're the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, And I'm so fortunate that I get to call them my parents. Um, And they, when I was growing up, my brothers and I, they wanted us to experience as much as possible. And like, we didn't grow up with a ton of money, Um, better off than some, worse off than others. You know, like we were nice middle-class and no matter like what was going on, my parents always took the time to spend with us and to take us out and try things. Like we would go to like free music festivals in downtown Detroit, like I'll never forget the time that my parents took us to a techno festival, which like what, you know what tech music was. And I was probably like 10 years old. And, you know, there are people dancing around um, half naked and you know, enjoying themselves and- um, were, those,
1: were those your parents?
0: Yeah, exactly. That was my mom and dad. Um, <laughs> And you know, my parents just always taught us to embrace people who were different than us, people who enjoyed different music, people who had different passions, people who had different interests. You know, we were constantly going to museums and learning new things and trying new foods. And so I feel really fortunate that I had the upbringing that I did, and it 100% shaped who I am today. You know, I, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but like in my head, I don't. Um, I, it is so impossible for me to change who I am in different situations. It is like against every morsel of my being, I just can't do it. And so the way that I'm talking to you right now is the same way that I talk to my parents, the same way that I talk to my friends, the same way that I talk to my bosses, the same way that I talk to my colleagues, the same way I talk to my clients. I just can't filter myself for better or for worse. It is what it is. And so, um, you know, I think that we always end up where we're meant to be in life and surrounded by the people that we're meant to be with. And I've just always learned on the impression that like, if I'm not somebody's cup of tea, that's fine. Like we'll figure it out. But like, I cannot change who I am to adapt to a situation. And, um, you know, I have to be honest, like it broke my heart to hear you say that you felt like you had to do that in order to fit into the situations and and to different work environments. Um, And I really just, I wanna understand that on a deeper level and I wanna know what I can do and what other people like me who are feeling this way can do to be better allies, better friends, better partners, better colleagues, all of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I think it's beautiful the experience that you had growing up. the fact and that I, you were
0: I'm granted, Like, I also understand that that isn't, yeah. you know, that's not super common and that's not the norm for a lot of people and I'm super fortunate for that. And I, you know, I strive in my life to make other people feel that way. You know, like I want to create a safe, I want to exude comfort and like safety with everybody that I come across in life. Yeah, like yeah. I want, I want to like immediately put people at ease. I want to, you know, disarm them as soon as I'm in conversation with them, always
1: yeah yeah I feel like I mean it's funny because now I'm thinking about like me growing up I feel like I was always encouraged to be myself yeah Um. although I mean growing up like you don't really know who you are you know what I mean so grown but growing up like as you try to figure yourself out like there's some things that you want to do maybe based on um, based on just like the media or different things right and like this idea of just like professionalism and image was always so ingrained in me. Um, my grandfather, for example, like he he would visit his friends um, in their apartment just to grab a drink with them in their apartment, just like guys' night at somebody's house. Um, and he would wear a suit to their apartment. Wow. And I'm just and I'm just like, why did he always do that? Um, yeah. This like overcompensation to just like look a certain way so that people won't judge you and I think it was because of where he came from. And in, in Dominican Republic at the time, he was living under a dictatorship. And you have to like present yourself in a certain way to not look suspicious. Mm. Uh, to not look like a thug, we'll call it. Um, so I think he's just always dressed like that. And um, I never wanted a tattoo, but he would always tell me, You better never get a tattoo. Uh, he would tell me, uh like he would tell me to shave, he would tell me to just like look a certain way. Mm. Um because he would tell me, do you see any presidents with tattoos? Do you see them with beards? Do you see any CEOs like that? And I was like, uh, no, I guess I won't either. But I you know, I don't think it... I think what he was trying to do, though, is really like protect me from other people and other people's perceptions of what they may think of me before they get to know me. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think there's so many instances where like people of color are... Prejudged before people even get to, people even get to know them, and then when they put in that situation, they're like, "All right, well, this person's already judging me. Like, I'm not gonna be myself because they're now they're gonna put it, now they're gonna put it on like they're gonna judge me times ten. You know what I mean? Like, I remember this one interview I had, um, not at Facebook. It was this company called Collective. They don't exist anymore, so whatever." <laughs> <laughs> i'll call him out um i was in an interview and they were asking me like standard. This, this white dude was giving me like standard interview questions like why do you want to work here blah blah and uh after that he was like hey man you you know you have all the experience you know to qualify for the role etc was like let me ask you something else uh what's your favorite jordan i was like i'm sorry what
0: <laughs>
1: first of all like is that a standard interview question or are you just asking me i've
0: never been asked that
1: yeah, like you just assume I like Jordans, whatever. So I answered the question because I wanted the job. Uh, then he was like, "All right, cool, cool. What about Kendrick Lamar or Jay Cole? Like, who would you rather listen to?" Wow. And it's it's stuff like that that I think forces us to like, all right, well, they're already assuming I'm a certain type of person, and like, there's nothing wrong with liking Jordans or there's nothing wrong with liking Kendrick Lamar, Jay Cole. I'm a fan of all of them, but. It's just like these like automatic assumptions of what your character is um, and like what you associate with those people, which I have no idea. But you know, in that situation I could have been, well, like in thinking about my authentic self, I think of myself as being fearless, being outspoken, all these things. But in that moment, in that power dynamic where I want the job, but he's treating me a certain way, I just like shriveled up. And I was like, I like Jake Hole, I like Jordans. You know what I mean? Um, but there's so many instances like that where, you know, then I got the job and and I could have said something to him. I could have said something to HR, but then they could, there, then there would have been that like retaliation potentially. Right. Where yeah. he is some sort of key to my success. He wasn't my manager, but he was a teammate. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think overall, I mean, I think having this conversation is, is one way to just open up the dialogue, raise awareness that like these things do happen. Yeah. Um, and one of, another reason why I really want to have these conversations is because a lot of these type of issues happen and they're reported on things like Glassdoor and a lot of there's a lot of theories out there that like people just write things on Glassdoor make up stories to like bring the company down or whatever company it is. but these stories exist, and I wanted to put a face to some of these stories as well uh, so that's a little bit about the why um, but what yeah. about you like professionalism in general like has so many connotations, even for like a woman, like that yeah. never had, that never had any, any impact on you. Like, how did you think about it?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. And it, it is something that I think about and something that I, you know, uh, deal with and that I face. Um, but again, like, I just go back to like my being, I I can't adapt to like what other people's expectations of me are or should be. I don't know how to do that. And you know, maybe it's hurt me, maybe it's helped me, but that's just the way it is. But I
1: could teach you. It takes a lot of prep.
0: (laughs) But it makes me so sad though that there are so there are countless people out there who are you wearing shorts? Oh my god, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, I'm wearing wet pants. (laughs) Wow, we are two peas in a pod. Um it just it you know, so okay to get a little more personal so uh my boyfriend is dominican and very early on in our relationship um just a little thing that we would constantly have conversations about um i am 100 percent that girl who's comfortable like waking up in the morning throwing on a pair of sweatpants that i probably you know wore the night before when i was chilling on the couch watching netflix and like you know dirty hair brushing my teeth because if you don't brush your teeth that's gross like you should always brush your teeth like I'm cool without showering but like always brush and Uh,
1: cool without showering
0: you know for like at some point in the day you have to you can leave the house without showering well my boyfriend can't he has to get up shower and like put on like an outfit like he needs to, to feel like he looks presentable Whereas like, I can wear the same t-shirt that I wore when I was like, you know, 14 years old in high school that, you know, has holes in it and stuff. And he like puts on, I call him his work pants. He puts on like work pants and a button down. And I'm like, we're just going across the street to the diner to just like grab a nice little breakfast, you know? And for him, like, it started off as like a little silly thing that I'd be like, it's unacceptable that I can get ready and out the door faster than you, you know? And then it started to be like, okay, no, but really like, I'm getting frustrated because like, I just want to be able to like go and like be comfortable in who I am. And then when you dress up and you look presentable, then I feel like I need to dress up and I need to look presentable. And so like, what is this need that you have to feel, you know, like super put together and looking professional all the time? It's Sunday at 8am. Who am I kidding? 10am, you know? (laughs) Um, Did you you ever have
1: the conversation around like, why though?
0: Yeah. So like for him, it's just, it's part of who he is, you know, for him, um, it's culturally, that's how he was raised, you know, to always be looking your best and feeling your best and putting your best foot forward in all situations and all matters and showing up that way. Um, and you know, hearing you say these things, like I feel like we need to dive deeper into it and I need to better understand that. Um, because I feel, you know, I, I've never felt that way before. Um, and yeah, so there's there's a lot of things that come up in our relationship that are just um, different, you know. Culture, We were raised different. We grew up in very different places. I grew up in a small town. He grew up in Brooklyn, you know. And so um, I love the opportunity to learn and teach each other Um and, and find the commonalities in our differences. And then also like have differences and be cool with that, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm so excited about our future together and the way that we continue to grow and bring out the best versions of each other and transform together. I think it's awesome.
1: That reminds me of, um, I was dating a girl and I had a similar situation. I mean, there's so many memes about this and it's like, I don't know, Sunday morning, I'm like, oh, let's go get coffee, a little brunch. Um, but not like a sit down party brunch. Just like, let's just go to like the corner deli, pick up some brunch and like come back. And she would throw on like jeans, heels, heels and a nice top. That's aggressive. I'm just like, oh, so aggressive. But it's, it's such a, it's such a cultural thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very, uh, appearance based, but I'm wondering, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but I'm, I'm wondering if it's more so, Um, like, perceptions, like, other people's perceptions, and, like, we're doing it for other people most of the time.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think about that a lot, actually, because especially, like, hearing you say that you thought I was a crazy person when we worked together, it's, like, you know, if you're the one thinking that, obviously, other people are thinking that, too, right, like, there's got to be somebody that's, like, wow, Sarah's wearing a ball cap again, you know, Um, but it's, like, who even gets to decide, like, what is professional and what is not, you know, like, like where, where does that come from? You know, I'm not showing up in, you know, half naked wearing, you know, not wearing any clothes and, you know, haven't showered in two weeks. Um, But, you know, when will I be seen purely for you know, my capabilities and, you know, my assets that I bring to the company, regardless of the way that I look or regardless of the color of my hair or the color of my skin or what, you know, designer I'm wearing or not wearing, you know, like these are things that really fascinate me. And I, I try desperately to understand, you know, like where that all comes from and it's a multitude of things and reasons. And, you know, I'm more focused on what can we do to break those things. And, um, I ultimately I just want to be the best version of myself and I want to be around people who want to continue to be the best version of themselves and I think that we can always learn and we can always grow and we can always better understand and so um you know that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you because you know you've shared things with me already that like I've never thought about or I've never experienced I've never been on the receiving end of that um yeah you know And there's nothing
1: wrong with that that's fine what about, um, and t- tell me, tell me, cause it's so interesting. Cause I historically, I, I was telling you this before, like historically I've only dated Latinas, but yeah. I mean, there was one girl in college, well, Latinas or black women, but I was dating, I was dating this white woman and like for, for so long, I never even thought like I would have anything in common with a white woman.
0: Mm-hmm. It,
1: it, and it sounds like so, so strange probably. Right, like we're all people, we have some like we probably watch the same shows and music and whatever. But like for me, like I've always thought of us being just like so different, and I was just like, this is never gonna work. Yeah, but she was actually really dope. Uh, and I can't say anything, I can't say anything negative about her, like she's dope. Um, but during it, I found myself feeling like, a. like am I a sellout? Am I like not Dominican because I'm dating a white woman? I don't know like this whole this whole concept of just uh but it's so interesting like I didn't think about that when I was dating a black woman. I mm-hmm. I've only thought about that in, in this specific scenario. Like did you have any sort of Yeah, like in interracial dating like do you have any of those like thoughts that come through your mind?
0: Mm. Okay, wait, before I answer that, can I ask you a question? Oh, whatever. Okay, great. Um because so where did those things like where did that come from in your head that you thought that you wouldn't have any commonalities with her because she was white? You know like what were yeah. the things that you thought would be difficult to overcome or would just be too different to to you know find relatable?
1: Were there I specific think, things? I think I was projecting my experience mostly from work hmm. on her where I'm like, all right, people at work don't get me, right? I'm not saying all white people at work, right? Like, I have a bunch of close friends that are white from work. Um, But I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, like, they don't get me, she's not going to get me. Or, like, Mm -hmm. there are certain cultural things that I love doing. Like, I love Dominican music. Most of all, I love dancing. Whether it be merengue, salsa, bachata, and I'm just, like, if she wants to go out and again, I'm totally making the story in my head. I'm like, she's gonna wanna go to a certain type of club Mm -hmm. that's gonna play music that I'm not gonna like. Like I only go out to clubs and bars that play Spanish music. If they're not playing Spanish music, I probably won't go. So I just thought that there would just be too many differences for it to work.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously there are differences, uh between my boyfriend and I for example he's a man I'm a woman <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding it's too early Shocker. dad jokes um no I think you know there are a lot of differences culturally and just in our upbringings and the way that we are raised and our families but at the end of the day like you know uh I love him because he's a beautiful person he's the most beautiful human I've ever met in my entire life and all it's so true he just he emits such joy and light and is so genuine and sweet and when i first met him i didn't know where he was or what he identified as or his background i didn't know that he was dominican um and i just i knew the second that i met him i was like this is the guy for me 100% no questions asked. I could just feel it. I just felt an immediate connection. And obviously there have been things that have been different in our relationship that we've had to like work through and better understand. But ultimately I think it's about the way that you approach them, right? Like for us, it's exciting that there are, are are things that are different in our backgrounds, and then being able to teach each other about those things instead of being defeated like, oh, you wouldn't understand, or right, you know, right. you can't relate to this because you've never had this experience or done mm-hmm. this before or tried this food, right? Like, oh my gosh, he introduced me to adobo, which like now <laughs> I put everything, you know, <laughs> and like, wow. If nothing else, I now have Adobo in my life. But and um, and,
1: and Malagong, you had Malagong yes. for years.
0: Oh my gosh, I could eat chicken mofongo for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'd be happy. Yes. Oh, wow, what I would give right now and some tostones. Um, you know, one of the fir- one of the first times that I met his extended family was at a family birthday party and it was in the basement of his cousin's house out on Long Island and the part it was it was a really wonderful party it was there were a lot of people there was great music great food everyone was having a good time and then around like 10 o'clock i was like okay like maybe we should think about heading back into the city you know we had like a full day celebrating this birthday and he was like oh no he was like
1: it's about to start right now Yeah. yeah
0: like it that that was nothing that was just like us visiting before the party And uh, suddenly, you know, all of his cousins are coming in with, like, these huge speakers. (laughs) And within minutes, this music is so loud that I can't even hear myself thinking, you know, like, I was having a tough time, like, sending text messages um, because I was, like, I don't don't know, I couldn't think straight. Like, all I could hear was this music, right? And, like, everyone just, like, having an awesome time. And I, like, in my head, I was, like, if I did this growing up, like I would have the cops at my house within minutes. Like my neighbor (laughs) would call the cops on me in a heartbeat. And like, this would be shut down and everyone would be sent home. And um, I said to him, I was like, aren't the neighbors gonna complain? And he was like, the neighbors are here. Like they're at this party. (laughs) Um,
1: That's the secret. That's how you have to do it.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now I know. Um, Pro tip. Um, So, you know we were there till like I don't know the wee hours in the morning I was like are we sleeping here like what happens now right and it was just like this completely different you know it was a child's birthday party yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it's like an eight-year-old okay like,
1: those part those parties are for the parents not the child yeah
0: no but this turn up was real and everybody's dancing and like it was so fun and I was like I've never been to a birthday party like this but sign me up um, Baby showers
1: cousin, are just like that. They're the best.
0: I've heard I ha- well, I've been to one. Um, but yeah, no, they're great. But, um, his cousin was like, come dance with me. And I was like, I have no idea how to dance. Like I have other gifts, but dancing is not one of them. And, uh, so I looked at Christian. and I was like, you have to get me out of this. And he was like, no, like you have to do it. Like everyone's dancing. You have to learn. And so, Um, I was so terrified of dancing because I knew everyone in the family was gonna be like, okay You know, he's brought his girlfriend. Let's see what she's got And I I but that was in my head, you know that I was so concerned about what they would think About like my dancing ability and it it felt felt
1: like an audition. It felt like an audition on your end.
0: Yeah Yeah. um It was america's got talent on steroids, but um, (laughs) in reality, nobody was looking at me. Nobody was watching me. Everyone was just, you know, doing their own thing, having a great time. And even though I was terrible, you know, I was made to feel, uh, like I was a part of the family and that, you know, they embraced me with open arms in that moment. And it, it, it just like felt safe and comfortable and okay. That, I didn't know how to dance bachata, but they were going to take the time to teach me and be patient with me. And, um, you know, obviously his cousin like really kept it simple for me, um, which was awesome. And I just think, you know, the more times in life that we can have those moments, those real genuine human connections of seeing each other and meeting each other where we're at, the better we're all gonna be.
1: Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, you said
0: it was beautiful.
1: That is beautiful. That is beautiful. No, but I, I totally agree. I feel like so many times we make up these stories in our head around, like what we think a situation is gonna be like, or we what we think people are gonna say. But in reality, like most of the time, like it's such an exaggerated version of that, and like yeah. doesn't even happen. Yeah. Um, talk to me. Talk to me about um, like the family dynamic, right? Like. Yeah. I, I think so often, um, and, and I don't think it's specific in Dominican culture. Like, I feel like you hear it across all cultures. It's like, um, there's a saying, it's like, protect the blood. Um, mm. um, protect the Dominican blood or protect the American blood yep. or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and you see that, I think a lot of people talking about it in the sense of, like, racism for Black people. It's, I'm wondering if that happens the other way as well, right? Like, do they not want their sons or daughters going out with um white women white men to like not be a full dominican baby for example like if if that couple were to have children i'm just wondering like what that dynamic
0: would be like yeah yeah no i think it's it's different um with every family of course and i think that you know it's something that a lot of cultures experience and so i think you know there are probably people on both sides there are people you know there are probably friends of ours who have questions and you know have those concerns and i think you know it's 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 challenging but you have to go back to like what you see in each other and why you are with each other and you know i'm sure that there have been you have to understand the root of where that argument could come from. Like, why could someone think that if you are with somebody who is outside your race, ethnicity, nationality, like, what does that change, right? Like, what is being lost? And I think it comes down to culture, right? I think this is my opinion. I think the fear is that the culture is going to change. You're no longer going to, you know, care about the same values that we have in our family because you're bringing in somebody outside who has different views and different opinions and different ideals and maybe different morals and whatever it is right and so you have to understand that it's i think the fear of the culture changing or, or no longer being the same and when christian I, and i first i agree with
1: that When i christian, can definitely see that yeah
0: and, 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 you know, that's 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 how I've understood it. And when Christian and I first got together, you know, I told him that I wanted him to just speak Spanish around me as much as possible because I want to get better at speaking Spanish. And one day when we start a family, I want our kids to be bilingual. I want him to speak Spanish in the home, you know? I want them to have raging birthday parties. You know? <laughs> like, I want, you know, our children's birthday parties to really be about us and our <laughs> and the things that we want, you know? But I just think that it's there are so many special things about Christian and his culture that have made him who he is and has, has made his family the incredible people that they are. And I would never, ever, ever want to lose that. The same way that i never want to lose the culture that i have within my family and with my relatives and so like for me it's the best of both worlds is that we are going to take these amazing parts of who we are and combine them and then like have these like superstar children who are just so in tune with the world um <laughs> that was a lot but i love that uh, but i think you know we we we've talked about this a lot, especially recently with everything going on in the world that, you know, okay, we may create this super loving home, super accepting home, super positive home. But when our kids go out into the real world, you know what are they going to deal with how are they going to be seen how are they going to be labeled how are they going to be identified and i think even if we weren't in, in, in an inter- interracial relationship we'd still have those concerns right i think parents genu- genuinely fear like you know is my what is my kids experience going to be like at school are they going to be accepted by their peers right and it's heightened when you add that element of race and culture and identity right and uh I shared this with you, but beyond you, I haven't shared it outside of my, you know, um, my parents. But uh, Christian and I were walking a couple months ago in Los Angeles, and we were approached by what I can only presume was a white supremacist. Um, And he had a Betsy Ross flag, which is often used by the KKK. And uh, Christian and I were walking, holding hands in our neighborhood, and he drove up to us and just started yelling foul, foul things. And my immediate reaction was to get mad. And I was ready to fight. And I, I'm i not like, a, I never want to harm anybody. I'm not a physical person like that. I, I'm not an aggressive person. But I was so infuriated that somebody could have so much hate in their heart and attack us, you know, purely for being in an interracial relationship. Um, whereas Christian was like, so calm, so cool as a cucumber and was like, let's just keep walking, like not even fazed by it. And, you know, I got upset then with Christian. Cause I was like, why aren't you mad about that? That was horrible. That was terrible. That should never happen to anyone ever. And, you know, for him, he was like, things like that happen they've happened to me before, you know, I've been in situations like that. I've seen things like that happen. And for him, it was just like, you know, it was a normal thing that he has experienced throughout his life to different degrees, of course. But he was like, that's just a crazy person and they don't matter to me. Right. And, um, you know, that, that was something that we had to work through because, I couldn't understand that. And then it just broke me to to understand that he was just numb to things like that because there are things that he's so often experienced, right? And, you know, we started to talk about how do we change it for the future? Because we can't go back and change the time that, you know, you were stopped and frisked on your way home from, from work because you were carrying a bag and fit the description and look suspicious. We can't change that. But what can we do going forward to make sure that those things don't happen, you know, in our community and, you know, to whatever extent of our power that we have, um, and how do we make sure that that isn't something that our children experience, right? And I don't know that I have the full answer to that yet, Um, but it's something that we are constantly talking about, you know? We think about, like, if we named our kids and you know they had a white name but you know maybe our kids are darker and they look more like christian is that what does that mean for them you know or if they have you know a traditional dominican name and they are you know super pale like what what do they then have to justify that they are you know 50% dominican will they constantly uh. have to go through life and you know feel like they have to justify their culture and their and who they are, right? And so we've had a lot of conversations about how we identify and, um, you know, what we can do to, you know, create an accepting and loving world. And I think that it it really goes back to the way that we treat the people in our lives, right? I mean, you can't control everybody, but. You can control the things that you are responsible for. And that's, you know, how you treat people and how you make them feel. Um, and that's where I think it starts. You
1: touched on so many, so many things, but it's so unfortunate that <clears throat> it's, it's so unfortunate that incident that, that you and Christian experienced. Um, it's so unfortunate that, that that happens to so many different people. I mean, I have my cousin who is Puerto Rican, who's very light skinned. Probably like the same complexion as you uh was going out with a i think jamaican woman at the time and he got um he got stopped at gunpoint at one time to- at one point in in new york city in the subway for that same very reason just they didn't they were just criticizing his relationship the fact that he was in a you know in a interracial relationship and they just didn't see that as being acceptable um which is so unfortunate that people still think about, think like that in these times. Um, And going back to another point that you mentioned too, around like that fear of losing the culture. I think I shared that same fear. Like I always feel like I'm not Dominican enough in certain situations. And I mean, that's like a whole other topic, but like I don't go to Dominican Republic every year. Like I don't know... Like, people ask me all the time, like, where to go to Dominican Republic. And I'm like, I don't know. I'll send you a trip advisor list, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, um, So, like, there, there's this, like, weird dynamic with just, like, my Dominican identity that I think, wow. a lot of, I think a lot of us go through that weren't born there or weren't raised there. Um. But, yeah, at the end of it, I agree with you. Like, I think we should be able to go out with whoever we'd like we should be able to love whoever we love. I think there are ways to, I think I think it's a justified fear on some level, but I think there are ways, like you said, to incorporate <clears throat> whatever culture or dynamic that you want to incorporate into the relationship or to that um, child's life if you do have a child.
0: If we tell people that you cannot, you know, mix with other races and ethnicities because you need to protect your culture, that's racist. We're promoting racism, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you know, I don't, like, I don't think that anyone in our network of friends, family, colleagues, I don't think they're racist. I don't think that they look at us, you know, like, and, and curse our relationship. But I right. think that if anyone were to have concerns about a relationship, it's, you know, about the pr- preservation of culture yeah. and, you know, culture is unique to each individual and to each family, like, to hear you say that there are situations in your life where you don't feel Dominican enough. Like that's, that's really heavy. -ah! (laughs) So heavy that your camera broke. Um, but that, that's, that's a lot to unpack, you know, like, I don't know that I've ever questioned, like, do I feel white enough? (laughs) Like I, I'm, I'm
1: sorry to laugh at that, that was, that was, yeah. I've
0: never thought that, you know, like, that's a crazy, like, I don't know. Maybe some people have, um, i never been white enough. I don't know, but like, I'm, I'm, I, that's I, gonna,
1: That's gonna, that's gonna be the, the name of this episode. Am I white enough?
0: <laughs> you know, but so I, I, I'm, I'm, I, and I've also never had somebody tell me that I wasn't white enough or that. Yeah. Um, You know, my father is Greek. My mother is Polish, German, and Hungarian. Um, And, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't speak any of those languages. I can't cook any of those foods. Um, And, you know, I could maybe name 10 cities across all of those countries combined. That's Um, pretty good. Yeah, we'll take it um don't ask me to do that <laughs> but i'm gonna try later tonight just to to make sure that i'm being factual um you know so but i've never struggled with that part of my identity of like am i greek enough am i polish enough like of course i wish i could cook all those amazing meal you know traditional greek dishes and you know german dishes and polish dishes and hungarian dishes and that i could speak all of those languages but the reality is that i can't but you know, there are parts of those cultures that are that are a part of me um, that maybe I don't understand as fully as I should. You know, there are things that make me who I am and, you know, play into my mannerisms and my character that are traditionally deep-rooted in my culture and I don't have that same sense of connection to understand that. Um,
1: right. Yeah, um, I, I'd, I'd be really curious if, uh... If Christian feels the same way as well I feel like most of most of my Dominican friends feel like that it's either because like you said right like um, we spoke about languages and language is a huge part of culture right yeah. um, it's how different cultures communicate obviously uh, so I have friends that don't speak Spanish that well so if they're in Dominican Republic or if they're in a group of Dominicans that speak Spanish really well they sort of like hide a little bit and they don't speak up as much right because they're They're scared to say something in Spanish, like the hell kind of Spanish is that, right? Or even if you know Spanish and you speak, you speak like Spain Spanish, but you get made fun of. You get made fun of for that because it's not like this Dominican Spanish, right? Different Uh, dialect. Exactly, exactly. So there's so many things. I mean, there's certain Dominican foods that I don't eat, and I get made fun of for that. So yeah, Uh, I'm I'm always really curious of um, to hear to hear about those things.
0: Wow. I mean, I'm very, I'm very self-conscious of my Spanish. I will say that, you know, like his family's always been very supportive and, you know, they, they are very patient with me. I, I, I can speak pretty good Spanglish. Like I can get words here and there, you know, it's, um, the vocab that I struggle with, but, you know, uh, his father texts me always in Spanish. And, you know, I first tried to uh, translate it on my own and then I'll type a couple of the words into Google, Google Translate and piece it together um, and and go that route because I I you know I want to put the effort in and show how much I care um, and that's part of who they are and that's important to me and um, I don't know I just think putting that effort in, right? Like if more people just put the effort in to understand and to appreciate each other's differences instead of calling them out and saying that's bad, like I don't understand that. I don't understand how because someone speaks a different language or looks a different way is a bad thing. Like how deep you must be hurting on your own that you have to call out other people's differences and make them feel less than because they don't look or act the way that you do. Right. I, I just think about that a lot.
1: I think what I'm learning is just like, the rest of the world just needs more people like you.
0: That was a nice <laughs> thing you've said this entire time. Well see you later, bye! <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so nice. Thanks,
1: I'm serious. I'm, I'm really am. You know, it's funny. I think I might end it there. As you were like, "Oh my god, it's a nice thing you said." No, but seriously, like that. Um, I feel like you are also just so self-aware as well. As far as like, you know, if someone if someone doesn't like me, right, or if there's some like maybe maybe there maybe there's an instance where like someone on Christian some someone on Christian's family doesn't necessarily accept you right and you're probably then you in your head maybe this is just you being curious right um it's like all right well why is that and then you're like all right well it's because maybe they're fearful of losing their culture all right well i understand that well i'm fearful of that as well you know hey hey lady or guy like it's not just you it's mm-hmm. me and like, this is what we're doing to, to foster that relationship, to, to ensure that the culture never dies. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if more people had those, those conversations with not only their significant others, but also, um, that was a weird term, significant others, um, <laughs> with, their boy, with their boyfriends and girlfriends, um, but also with just like family members or whoever it is. Like, I feel like conversations could just solve so many of our problems.
0: Totally. And I think also like, let's be real, you're not going to get along with everybody, you know, you're sure. not going to see eye to eye with everybody, you know, and, and, you know, while I don't believe in changing who I am to adapt to different circumstances or different people, because I think every single person is important and is valuable and matters. And so you know, I think that's really the root of why I don't believe in changing the way that I talk to different people, right? Like I talk to my parents truly the same way that I'm talking to you right now, and the same way I'm talking to Christian, and the same way I'm talking to his family, and the same way I'm talking to my bosses. Because I I feel like if I alter the way that I speak and present myself, I'm telling myself that other people are more valuable or more important than other people. And I just don't believe that, you know, like you hear about people who feel like they have to, you know, sit up straight and be polished and button buttoned up when they speak to their boss to show that they are attentive and that they're, you know, dedicated and determined and X, Y, and Z, all of the things, right? But what I'm really doing is putting up a facade and pretending to be what I think you want me to be. Exactly. Instead of being myself, right? And the reason that I was hired for this job you know, or the reason that I'm in this situation or in this relationship is because you liked me for me, and you like me for what I can offer, and you know my values and what an asset I am. And so I'm going to show up as I am, and if that doesn't service you, then on to the next, right? And that said, I I am I'm a very deep empath, like. I can see somebody crying on the subway, not know even what's going on. And I immediately start crying and like have to go over and like console the person. Like, I don't know what it is, but I, I feel on a very deep level what people around me are feeling. If somebody's having a bad day and they're within, you know, of the vicinity of me, I feel that. And then I feel pressure to like go and make their day better. Or, you know, I, I, I just, I just feel what other people are feeling on a heightened level for better or for worse. Um, and you know i think <laughs> i think that if we just had more compassion for one another and understanding you know like we just we just when you stop the the line at surface surface level you don't understand that people are coming to you, you like oh cut all of this but what i'm trying to say is what I'm trying to say is like you have to recognize that there are so many things about a person that you will never understand you won't know their traumas you won't know their heartaches you won't know their damage you won't know you know what you won't know enough about them to ever make a judgment to ever make a judgment you know what you are seeing is purely surface level and um I just try to keep that in mind when I'm when I'm with people and when I'm meeting people um that you just never know what somebody's going through. Um that's what I wanted to say.
1: No, I I love that. And I was actually gonna I was gonna I was gonna wrap it up and ask you this final question, but you kind of already answered it. Um like you said it so many times, right? Like you are yourself, no matter where you are, whether you're talking to Christian, whether you're talking to me, your parents, your boss. Um, I was gonna ask you what's one thing that Continues to empower you to be your authentic self no matter what?
0: Mm, wow, that's a really good question. That's a really good question.
1: That's the nicest I, thing you've said all podcasts. <laughs> that's
0: not <laughs> true. You were recording the part where I told you your hair looks really good. You look really healthy, really fit. Like you quarantine is doing, you know, great things for you. You look great. Um, uh, I'm just going to try to keep trumping my compliments for you. Um, I'm trying to think, okay. So, uh, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing that empowers me to continue being my authentic self is really the people in my life. I have the strongest support system, family, friends, colleagues, everybody in my life. Um, And I I recognize how fortunate, how blessed I am to have that that community. And for that reason, I want to make everybody that I come across in my life feel that same sense of comfort and support. And, And I think ever since I was little, you know, I've always been passionate about, you know, helping other people and fighting for the underdog and making sure that everyone felt safe and you know accepted for who they are it's something that's very very important to me because i know what what an impact that can have on your life when you are surrounded by people who believe in you and who love you and who support you and, and who encourage you and You know, I really think that it's all of our responsibility to help bring out the best in people. And how do you do that? By love them and support them and encourage them. And so I really think, you know, my network of people have 100% inspired me, encouraged me and supported me in, in always being my authentic self.